Hello, and welcome to the Angelic Healing Podcast. In this space, myself or members of my North American team want to talk about all sorts of different topics, such as spirituality, gifts, healing, awakenings, and many, many more. I hope the time that you spend with us here, you find a little peace and harmony, and maybe even a few answers along the way. Thank you for being here. So I'd like to say a big hello to everybody here that's joining us in Altspace, as well as those that are tuning in later that are listening on the podcast to another episode of Enlightened Entanglement. I'm Daniel, or Seven-Tailed Fox, and to my right here is Dana, or Divine D. We thought, for those that have never been to this event before or listened to this event before, um, Dana came up with this idea of bringing some of our conversations out here into the public sphere to not only involve you guys on, but bring forward some topics that might be a little bit of fun to explore and unpack together. So why don't I kick this over to you, Dana, and you can let everybody know um, what tonight's topic is and why it was important for you to bring forward. Absolutely. Hello, everybody. So tonight's topic is experiencing versus observing. And this one was 100% inspired by you, Dad, because we had a really thoughtful conversation, actually as a whole company, a while back, about you brought forth the question of can you experience and observe at the same time? And we kind of settled on the realm of that in a moment, in each moment, you have to choose whether you want to be stuck in your own experience or whether you want to observe, you know, all of the experiences that coexist at once. And it really sat me back in one of those ways where I like slow cooked this one for a couple of days because I wanted to argue with you at the beginning. And I think I might have, right, well, as a knee-jerk okay. reaction. <laughs> um, but I really started to think about it and internalize it of how important that choice is that some of us aren't conscious of, of how we deal with situations. So I guess I'll share this intro with you if you don't mind, if you want to kind of dive into what is the difference between experiencing and observing? Well, I think first, let's back up a half a step because a lot of the times when we're teaching this around, when I'm teaching this, it's usually on the springboard of somebody starting an awakening or a spiritual awakening or looking at some kind of enlightenment. And they're in the middle of unpacking their identity. And we have a meditation online um, called House of the Metal that starts this process. And it talks about, you know, at least acknowledging that there's a difference between those two. There's some times where we are experiencing a moment or we're within a moment, I should say, and we are very much experiencing it. We are living it. We are there. And then we are emotionally reacting in that moment. And then there are other moments in our life when we are observing the moment and we feel a bit of distance or a bit of disconnect from the moment itself. Now, the first step is not to understand all the whys and the mechanics behind it as far as what's happening in those moments between experiencing and observing. The first step is understanding that there is a tangible difference between the two. 
to experience event versus observe an event. And that really alludes to the bigger question when we deal with actual enlightenment and we when we deal with really unpacking who we are, you know, as part of the bigger picture, if we are experiencing, who is observing? And if we are observing, who is experiencing? So in those moments, the questions become much more important than the answers when somebody's just starting out. Because it's about understanding that separation, whether you want to use words like higher self or, you know, true self or, you know, your present self is in, in body type thing. Um, there is a tangible difference on how we're experiencing different moments in our life based off of the moment itself and based off of our mindset in those moments. So a lot of the times people, I think as a default, people want to jump to the observing. Because when we talk about higher thought or we talk about higher self, they think to observe the moment in the, is the, the cleaner option. You know, we have cleaner hands in that moment. We're able to observe, especially when you get into something like mindfulness. It talks about being able to observe an event as it's happening, choose how we want to react, and then not react, you know, in a reactive state. We're acting more as a proactive state. We're choosing which emotion to connect to which event. So I think... The ultimate, you know, if we do the full air quotes, right, the ultimate right answer is observing keeps us in a better place, which is true. However, there's things in our life that we need to experience. There's things in our life that we need to learn that way through experience that are necessary to also experience and be in that moment wholeheartedly and be present within that moment. So it's not a it's not a hot or cold or on or off situation. It's about understanding the differences and why. And why was so we can experience this moment through an observation lens in this moment, whereas in another moment when we're, you know, knee deep in it, we are, you know, fully present. There's no observation whatsoever. We are living that moment itself. So I would love to dive, you know, I don't know if that was really much of an intro. We just kind of jumped, jumped <laughs> off the deep end into that, but you know, there's a lot of great differences in understanding that and understanding that the questions are sometimes, especially in the beginning, you know, a million percent in the beginning, understanding that the question and the truth behind the question is much more important than the answer because it allows the possibility for you to actually see it clearly. If we are trying to avoid the question, if we're trying to avoid the possibility that that thing can happen, that we can observe a moment or experience a moment, if we're avoiding that question or avoiding the truth behind that question, we'll never look at any answer that we take out of it through a clean lens. We'll never look at it honestly. We'll only look for that confirmation bias based off of why we're avoiding it. Right. So I want to narrow in on observing for a moment because a lot of times when we talk about being able to observe, being able to see you know, from your higher self, like you said, or whatever term you prefer, of everything that's kind of happening at once, all the perspectives, all of the experiences for everyone that's involved. What do you say with the person who really struggles with that obstacle of feeling like they're foregoing their experience or their feelings? Like they have that urge to feel like they're invalidating themselves by accepting that there could be more going on. Does that make sense? I'm trying to ask. Half and half, but I think I can fill in the, the blanks there, you know, based back into that, you know, the right answer is to observe, you know, back into that motivation, especially nowadays, you know, mindfulness is so, 
I, I don't want to use the word trendy, but it is, right? A lot of people are jumping on the mindfulness wagon because the tools or the benefits that it can offer somebody, which is wonderful. Please don't take that as a negative statement. Um, but that always talks about observing, right? And observing your reaction, observing your your emotions and your your reactions to somebody else or an event or something that's happening in that moment. But human nature, right, and our ego sometimes it's in the way of that and becomes the largest hurdle because a lot of the times when we get offended, you know, especially on the negative spectrum right, where we're offended or something is happening to us, right, that statement alone of this is happening to me, right, it completely dismisses the other person's role or what's happening that led them to that person. You know, and a simple, simple example of this is, you know, something happens in traffic. And I'm driving along to, you know, an appointment or to the grocery store or whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. And, you know, some jerk comes roaring up behind me, comes flying by me, cuts me off, causes me to swerve. Right. If I stay within ego in that moment, right, even though this thing absolutely did happen to me, that person is the worst driver in the world. There is no explanation for his bad behavior. He has obviously done that to me. And so mm -hmm. I'm taking a personal offense in that moment because he has done that to me. He did that specifically to me. And, and that's what ego wants to tell us in that moment. If we we're able to lens out from that, to understand that, yes, he's driving poorly and maybe dangerously in that moment, but his motivations had nothing to do with me. Maybe he has an emergency. Maybe he has... Um, maybe he's running from something. Maybe he's running to something. Maybe there's a medical emergency that's happening right now. His motivation in that moment is completely disconnected from me whatsoever. I'm just really cannon fodder in that moment based mm -hmm. off of his bad decisions. It didn't, what, his motivation is not about me. And if we stay in that mentality that that person did this bad thing specifically to do it to me, We'll never let go of that and we'll never move into understanding on that because we're too busy being offended. Right. So when somebody, you know, you had mentioned there that, you know, sometimes they feel like they're minimizing right, or they're taking away from, it's not about that, that thing, that person didn't cut me off. It's understanding that it wasn't specifically done to, you know, wreck my driving or to wreck my car or to give me a bad day. He has his own reasons. Now, beautiful thing about expanding our understanding in that moment is it works both ways. Right? Sometimes we inadvertently cut somebody off in traffic ourselves. Right? Well, we could soften up the example a little bit and just say, you, know, you weren't checking, you were in your head, you were thinking about work, and you lane changed without shoulder checking, and all of a sudden you hear those blaring on the horn. Clearly, you're not trying to run them off the road. And it was a poor judgment on your side because you were distracted in that moment and you're driving without care, but you weren't trying to ram that person off the road. Right? So as we start to expand understanding that way for other people around us, sometimes we're able to bring that a, a higher understanding back to ourselves. And we end up being a little bit softer on ourselves in those moments too. We don't have to step into such self-punishment on those moments when we do make a mistake because we already start to look for that greater understanding and that wider umbrella rather than, 
Oof, just this one mistake. Mm. And I think that's such an important point because, you know, even in psychology, they talk a lot about the way that we personalize other people's behaviors. And like you said, but it's someone else, we very much always assume that it was a negative intention or a lot of the times we assume that it was meant to harm us or that it was, you know, careless or we have all these things. But when we do these things, um, a lot of times we kind of expect that everyone is going to understand exactly where we're coming from. And then as we start to find that balance, we learn that if, if we need that in, in us, then other people need that too. But you had mentioned earlier about those times that we need to experience where it's important for us to do that. Would you say that when we kind of play those situations back in our mind, once we've left the experience, that that is the moment to more step into the observing for those scenarios where we did just experience? Well, I think, you know, we can look at this simply as the difference between goals and reality. And I think if everybody ran out here today or when you're listening later on the podcast and you go into your life and say, you know, I, I hope to experience as many moments today from an observation perspective as I can and react as cleanly as I can, you know, without judgment, without a lot of emotional reaction guiding my decision. That's a great goal. Right. But some things will draw us into that experience, right? Reactively. Maybe it's a fight or flight thing. Maybe it's a, you know, a mass um, event in our lives that really forces us into a trauma. And you have to respect those just as much. And sometimes we need to learn something that way. You know, we generally, as human beings, learn things one of two ways by knowledge or by experience. You know, by knowledge, I can say, and I always tell the story when you were a kid. Know that we had, you know, Dana's just one of four, but we had two boys, two girls, and these girls were amazing when they were young. What happened when they got older? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did a lot of the cooking in the house, and I'd say, "Don't touch the stove; it's hot." And the girls would look at me, and you know, big eyes would say, "Okay, Daddy, no problem." And they never did. You guys never even tried to reach up to the stove. My boys, on the other hand, words haven't even left my mouth. Oh, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Like I haven't even finished the sentence and their hands are already going up. Right. And I think there's something very primal within us. Now it's a, it's a funny story, right? As far as, you know, how that all happened. And the fact that both boys did the exact same thing, both girls did the exact same thing. Um, I think we can take that into the rest of our lives. There's some things we do and we make errors or we make mistakes or we, we experience something that's maybe a little bit rougher than it should have been. In our heads, we already know maybe it's the wrong idea, or we already know it's a bad idea, but we do it anyway. We force ourselves into that experience. And I think that is where somebody really needs that lesson firsthand. It's not enough just to know something then, because somebody can tell you something, say, you know, jumping off this cliff is a really, really bad idea. And you just go, right? No other information is required. And I can clearly see it's a long way down. Something is going to go horribly wrong don't need somebody tells you driving 10 kilometers an hour over the speed limit or 10 miles you know whatever it might be is a bad idea and you're like eh, i can see cops a long way away it's not gonna matter and 20 and then 30 and then 40 and and we'll we'll repeat those things now i know that's a silly example but we'll repeat those things until we have the experience that teaches us the lesson so when we look at it from that perspective sometimes the experience is more important than observing 
because there's a lesson to be taught or there's something there to be learned. And we're needing that extra input past knowledge in order to cement it within ourselves, especially for those ones that we already knew was a bad idea before we started. Right. But when we are experiencing, when we take, when, when that moment has passed and we reflect back on those situations, is that maybe the moment to switch gears to experience in the moment? But when we replay these things in our mind to then see it from the different perspective, like, do you understand what I'm trying to say there? I think so now, but ideally, yeah, I think, you know, that's self audit self-reflecting but that's different from you know being in the moment and of the thing that's happening and being able to switch gears then i think auditing after is a great way to clean up the pieces especially if it was an error put everything back together realize maybe where we went wrong or maybe look at the higher understanding and step into an observation mode where we can pull our own emotions and feelings out of it um, and start to look further, right? Maybe that guy, like I said, had a medical emergency. Maybe, you know, the guy in traffic. And be able to say, you know what? I can let that go because clearly it was nothing about me, right? It was just, he was choosing to drive very poorly. And thankfully, right? I was paying attention. I avoided the accident. No harm was actually done at the end of the day. Right? It's a great practice right? to, to move into that observation as fast as you can to take it apart piece by piece. But when we're talking about in the moment, right, I think it's very much black and white. It's going to be one or it's going to be the other. Right. And the, the reason I ask that question is because I think a lot of times when we think about those moments where we were very committed to our experience, whether it was it sucked us in or it was a one of those moments you were talking about where it had to be that way, that sometimes that attachment to our experience later in hindsight you know, is when we hold on to those emotions, when we get resentful about things, when we mm. hold on to anger. And I think that stepping out of it in reflection, like you said, you know, it may be a simple example of the traffic, but starting to understand that people have their own experiences too, even if it's not in the moment, I think is really an important part of the awakening process because you can say, Definitely. my experience existed and I was in it there was other experiences happening at the same time and maybe later i'll have capacity to, to explore that and to think about that yeah i think that's actually a really good point to make you know and i think that kind of refers back to the beginning there when i said that that you know, holding ourselves within that experience in that moment when we're experiencing or we're locking down within our ego this is happening to me really limits us to move into that understanding and now I think it's easy to step here on stage and, you know, I mean, you can talk about the, the, you know, jumping into an audit process as fast as possible. Sounds great on paper, but yeah. a person's transition is going to vary based off of where they're at, right? Where their capacity is for that higher thought and also their emotional status in the moment and how big this event actually was. So I think it's important to make that, you know, whether we want to call it a caveat or, you know, side note, whatever it might be be able to say that the time between that, when we've had that experience, that emotional experience is going to vary. And there's, you know, as much as we can hope it would happen as fast as possible to move into that observation or that level of understanding, it's okay that that time variance is different. 
because that time variance is really going to be based off of the person and where they're at that day and what the experience actually was. And there is no right answer. Because people start to naturally compare in those moments, especially through the awakening process. And they start to compare against, well, so-and-so got here faster. This person did this faster. This other person barely ever gets mad. And they just understand these other people's emotions so fast. And it's so easy for them. And it becomes very self-punishing. Yeah. So I think the hope is to transition into that audit mode as fast as possible. I think that's a clean way to say that. But leave it off as a hope and understand that there's variables matter there's context to somebody's life in that moment that matter that may delay it and it's not variables are the same you know for every person or you know one person's variables are never the same even sometimes an event with a family member might take much much longer to transition into that because it they had a deeper impact emotionally on it so it takes them longer to transfer into understanding in that a stranger cutting them off in traffic might be a fairly quick one it might be a you know the distance of a block where you get to the next set of red lights and you're like you know what they don't matter it's fine i'm okay they're okay nothing happened i hope you slow down or i hope you get caught or whatever it might be and you let it go very quickly Mm -hmm. so there's context within the person that's dealing with that and then there's context within the event of what actually happened and how deep that you know if it was uh an emotional reaction, how deep that emotion runs. And I think it's important to understand that, that those variables are okay. And whatever they might be, or however long they might be. Absolutely. And I think that that's one thing, as you mentioned, with the awakening process, that I think everyone struggles with a bit of comparing those results without the variables. Because it's not about being hard on yourself for how fast you can do it, just realizing that you have a choice is a beautiful big step thing of realizing that in those emotional circumstances, you have different options. Like that's really the biggest realization is that this is a choice and I'm going to figure out which is the best decision for me in each scenario. And I'm going to kind of build on that and grow through that. Like I think that is one of the best kind of places you can be with something like this. Well, I think society is starting to build that norm. Like you see kind of the hints of it maybe, or the sprinklings of it already starting to kind of gain ground. You know, a lot of people out there are speaking to, you know, their, their reaction or their actions are not my responsibility. And you're starting to see that take a more popular approach nowadays in mainstream society. Now, those expressions have always been there. They've been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years to understand that somebody else's actions or the actions or their oh, emotions are not mine. But I think you're seeing a switch nowadays. People are starting to understand that a little bit more and it's starting to become the societal norm. It's okay to give space in that moment and not take things so personally. And you're starting to see a growing trend in that as well, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And I think that's a great wrap-up point. You know, as usual, just drop those in there. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, before we break here, I'd like to take a, a moment here and just, you know, especially thank all of you that decided to join us in Alt Space here tonight live and spent a little bit of time with us. Those are the reasons we do these events. So thank you very much for being here and listening to us. 
for all those listening later on the podcast. Same goes for you guys, definitely. It's definitely your time that you're here spending with us, so thank you very much. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. If you're hopping out to another event or hopping, whatever it might be, I hope you have a great evening. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would like to take a minute and just thank you for your time here today and spending it with us. If you have further questions about the company, the things that we talk about, or what it is that we do, you're welcome to navigate to the main website at angelichealing.ca. You can connect directly with our socials, see my North American team's profiles, and look at some exciting topics that are still to come. You are also welcome to use the Contact Us tab to request topics for future episodes. I would love to hear from you guys. Until next time, 